Okay, so if you've been listening to the podcast for a while now, there are two things you probably know about me. The first is that I am a diehard OG Skims fan. Like there have literally been times where we've had to pause a recording because a certain product dropped that I needed to buy. And second of all, you know, historically, I kind of just never wear a bra. So what we're talking about here is kind of merging those two things because listen, I'm gonna be honest with you, I'm never gonna be a daily bra wear. It's just not in the cars for me, never has been, never will be. However, there's recently been more events and I've kind of had a lot of weddings and just there's sometimes you gotta wear a bra. And when I tell you, Skims is changing the game for me because that same comfort that I talk about with the underwear or the loungewear, they did that with the bras. And recently in the past month, I've worn the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra and the No Show Balconette bra. I had to wear that one to a wedding under a dress. And like, it was the first time in my life where number one, I wasn't miserable. And second of all, I didn't come home and just like immediately want to take it off, which I'm telling you is a foreign concept for me. They're just so comfortable. It's like, I really felt like I was wearing nothing. I'm, I'm such a fan of everything that they make. So I guess it makes total sense that I love the bras, but like, I'm telling you, you will have the same experience. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. Plus get free shipping on orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. Definitely do that. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Anne. I just have to ask, in your wildest dreams, did you think that we would get Lamar Odom and Tristan Thompson brawling in the comment section of Khloe Kardashian's bikini photo. I truly didn't think that it would ever happen. Now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, it kind of makes sense that this would eventually happen. Prior to seeing this comment, never in my wildest dreams did I think so. I feel like it was almost not even in the realm of possibility of something that we considered because it just seemed so illogical. It really did. I cannot even believe that this happened still. I'm like shook looking at it. I know. I mean, just so you guys can understand from our perspective, Chloe posts the photo and we see the Lamar comment and we get it like 12 minutes after he comments it. And keep in mind, we had just done the recap of their wedding. So we were definitely on this Chloe and Lamar kind of wagon, not in terms of wanting them back together, but just reliving the love story that they did have. So we see this comment. We're like, holy shit, people are going to lose it. Six hours later, we go back to see that not only did Tristan comment heart emojis, other emojis, he then goes, at Lamar Odom, God brought you back the first time, play if you want different results. I happened to see it first. I format it. I send it to our group chat. Obviously, Julian and Isabel are both like, holy shit. And I was like, I know we have to post this, but am I correct in thinking this is kind of a death threat? At the very, very least, it was making fun of a extremely serious near-death experience. Right. Like we can all agree, content aside, this would be wild. If we saw this happen, it would be wild. Obviously, by no means were we expecting that in July of 2021, Tristan and Lamar would be beefing in Chloe's comment section. That is wild in and of itself. But then when you actually look at the comment, you have this whole other realization of like, wow, I think this guy is more fucked up than we thought he was. I I really, I don't want to say I couldn't believe that he would comment that or embarrass Chloe in such a way or it's just the level of narcissism that this man has jumped the fuck out to threaten someone else in the comment section of your ex after what you put her through. 
how? How do you just do that? Well, that's the thing. I mean, I have to imagine that this was so deeply mortifying for Chloe. I know some people, like a very superficial scan of the situation, if you kind of knew nothing, you may think that it's momentarily flattering. I am telling you, this was not flattering. This was maybe the last thing she could ever want, especially because that Lamar thing that happened was so traumatic for her. Like, We'll go into the timeline in a second, but let us not forget, she had filed for divorce, and when the overdose happened, she removed the petition for divorce not because she wanted to get back with him, but just so that she could have control of some of the medical decisions because it was that dark. He was in a coma. He was not really expected to make it. I mean, this was like a really, really dark time in all of their lives. And so Tristan, in an effort to really assert his dominance and his masculinity and you know, just literally shooting directly out of his ego, not only does he completely disregard the situation that Lamar was in, on top of that, completely not even in anywhere in his brain space is how this would be received by Chloe. That's exactly what it was. It was like completely territorial, like toxic, masculine, territorial. It was both, both comments, by the way, like even Lamar just commenting hottie on her photo is still extremely toxic behavior in my opinion. Well, yeah, I mean, it's bizarre because we all, I think, and again, I could be wrong. I think we can all say with pretty deep certainty that there is nothing going on there in terms of Chloe and Lamar not speaking romantically again. So it definitely was an outward, I don't know if you want to say cry for attention or just like a proclamation outwardly. If he felt a certain way, he could text her. You know what I mean? Totally. Like that in and of itself was a strange occurrence because we really haven't seen that. We haven't seen Lamar reach out to Chloe in that way or acknowledge her in that way in a very long time. And for Tristan to pile on, it's like somebody tweeted and was like, why do men? And that's exactly how I felt. Like, what are either of you doing here right now? Right. Like, can you just leave her alone? And it's so funny because I feel like it's human nature that when something like this happens, you want to take a side. And so what I almost saw happening was that everybody recognized neither of these men are men that the public wants Chloe with or thinks are good influences in her life by any means. That being said, you almost just inherently took a side in your brain to kind of like analyze what was going on. And I think it was definitely the large majority thought process of, listen, Tristan, yes, Lamar wrong. Chloe, no, we do not want him back. Don't get it twisted in thinking that us supporting him in this moment is us wanting him back with Chloe or approving of any of that behavior, but don't fucking go there. I feel like that was the general sentiment. I so agree. I mean, yeah, you saw two things. Overwhelmingly, I will say there were a lot of people in the comment section, both on her actual photo and in our comment section and the replies to Lamar's comment saying like, oh my God, Chloe and Lammy, like we love them together. Get back together. Please get back together. Obviously that's not our sentiment. I think that if you're very familiar with the situation, you probably don't carry that as well. But the public fell in love with Lamar in a way that they never did with Tristan. And that's not to say in the beginning that people didn't feel positively to Tristan. They absolutely did. I I distinctly remember being like, wow, it's so nice that she found somebody who's so good to her. Like, I remember fully thinking that. It's just the way that we loved Lamar in those beginning years, I think as a collective, just does not compare to anything we've ever felt for Tristan, even on his best day. So it was funny seeing the reactions of like, we miss you, Lammy. 
But at the same time, I think more than anything else, it was like, neither of you should be here right now. Right. Like this is not a situation where we want to pick and choose which one of you is the more fit partner because the reality is that neither of you are. That being said, we can acknowledge how you guys were to Chloe, but this is also like just this guy's life. And so for (laughs) Tristan to go about it in the way that he did was, it was, um, it was so repulsive. I actually think I don't, I didn't immediately realize how repulsive it was because I was so caught up in just not believing that it happened. But as I've had time the last few days to kind of process it, I want to know if there was a conversation that Tristan and Chloe had. Like, I want to know if she said to him, what the fuck were you thinking? Well, that's my question because I was very surprised when I just looked as of 10.32 PM on Sunday that that comment is still up. And every time I've checked, I've been surprised to see that it hasn't been deleted. And I guess now it's just too late and too much after the fact. But if you remember, we saw in the episode that when Scott had commented on Chloe's picture and said, Tristan is a lucky man, she said to him, delete it, or I deleted it because she didn't want to deal with the response to it. And to me, this seems like a whole other level of response to not want to have to deal with. So I'm so shocked that it's still up. I know. I wonder if by the time she saw it, it was too late or if she just said, fuck it. I mean, if you knew nothing else about the Tristan situation and you know all the rumors are true that him and Chloe had broken up, one could think she left it up because she wants to show the public, like, look, let him do himself a favor and show in the eyes of the public just how shitty of a guy he is. But he doesn't need any help. Nobody's on his side at all. If anything, I think she'd only want to make him look better for true sake. So that would kind of feed into the logic of why she would want to delete it. So I agree with you. I don't really get it. I think the damage is already done at that point. Right. I I mean, I don't blame her, I guess, for keeping it up. Like, I don't think it's a bad thing that she's kept it up. I totally agree with you in the sense that it's almost like just let them embarrass themselves and I'll sit back and watch. But it was interesting with the knowledge that she has in the past had Instagram comments deleted or asked for them to be deleted. Do you think she called Kim immediately or whenever she saw it, or maybe one of them told her and that's how she saw it and was just like, what do I do? Talk about a time that you wish keeping up was filming. This is the question somebody needs to ask her in an interview. What was going through your head when you saw that Tristan is threatening Lamar's life? But don't worry, not until he commented his own emojis about how hot you are. See, my thing is, and this is why I miss the show so goddamn much and will miss the show, is because even if that question is brought up in an interview, the answer we would get compared to the reaction we would get from seeing it on the show is nowhere near the same. No, there's nothing like that reaction in real time. And you're right, her recounting it, she would have had time to process it. It'll probably be a much more eloquent display as to her emotions versus the raw, like that's all we want. I just, for everybody that was losing it, and I think the post the last time I checked was shared like 95,000 times or something insane. I want you all to know that we were having that same reaction, even amplified because we couldn't believe it was happening in our medium. Like this would have been crazy if it happened on Twitter or if it happened anywhere else. But the fact that it was happening in a comment section, I feel like for us, it was just additionally wild. It was like Christmas morning, I have to say. If I could choose, I would have wished this never happened, honestly, because I think for Chloe, this is the lowest of the low. And I feel bad that she was subjected to this. That being said, strictly from a business perspective, what a fucking comment. What a fucking comment. Yeah. What a fucking comment. I know. He's such an egomaniac. Really. By the way, 
here's the other thing. What level of, you know, territorialism do you even have or do you even justify having when you aren't even together? And second of all, it is not as though you were this stand-up guy to her. Who this comment, if you knew nothing, you would think this is a stand-up guy that has been there for Chloe in and out. And even if they ended, they ended on such good terms and he's here to protect her from this toxic ex who really wronged her, which Lamar did really wrong her. One, she can protect herself. But second of all, who the fuck are you? I I don't have an answer to that question. It's behavior that is almost typical and not just of him, like, and obviously not all men in general, but when you see men react in a way that gets territorial over the women they're with or the women they think they're with, this is the way they lash out. Like, it's not an unusual circumstance to see something go down like this. And I feel like it's very common when men wrong the women they're with but still want to act like they have some higher ground over them or or territorialism over them like it was weird to watch such a strange display of toxic masculinity take place over people that we know to this extent you know what I mean like I think what it is is the Kardashians are above this like in every sense of the word whether you like them or not this type of behavior, they are above. They don't deal with it. Their drama doesn't take place in comment section like this. They'll respond to stuff over Instagram story and tweets sometimes. But for this level and how low it was of Tristan respond, like this is not something the Kardashians deal with, especially not with death threats. So for Tristan to do this and to comment in such a way that was so toxic also came with just a complete disregard for who Chloe is and who the family is. And that's what is so shocking. It's like, if you want to do something, do it on your own time. Don't do it in her comment section because this isn't what she stands for. Right. But that's what's so alarming that he didn't even have that second to think it through, right? Like immediately he is triggered. His ego starts to react and he's thinking with his dick and with his ego and that's it. There's no, hold on. What does the family that I've worked so hard to get back into think? What is my daughter going to think? Like, what are any of these things? All those lists that the normal, you know, a person that with any sort of moral compass would typically go through, it just went out the window because he saw my territory is being encroached on and like the the sirens in his brain started going off. Absolutely. That's exactly what it is. Like, there is no ounce of him commenting this that had anything to do with protecting Chloe or standing up for Chloe. It literally was just a reflection of his own bruised ego. Right. And also, what are you going to do? Kill the guy? What, what protection are you serving Chloe? I have no idea. It was fucking bizarre. I'll never not think that this is so bizarre. It's just mind blowing to me. I'm looking at the comment as we're talking, and I still can't believe it happened two days later. And I mean, not to make it about us, because it's not, but I will say that I still find it extremely, extremely bizarre that we recorded the wedding episode. We were we have spent so much time talking about Chloe and Lamar, and then all of a sudden Lamar comments on Chloe's picture. That was bizarre. That's what I was saying to you. Like, again, please don't misunderstand. He did not do that as a result of us, obviously. But there's nothing wrong with us pointing out how weird that timing was at the very least. It's strange. It's strange. When was it? A few months ago, he had posted that IGTV of him watching old episodes of Chloe and Lamar. That was one of the things that we've seen. And he's said kind things about her in interviews, but nothing like this. 
And I have zero issue with the way that he speaks about her. I actually like thoroughly enjoy it. I think that he always, always defends them. And I really love that fact. Obviously, he has said not nice things about Chloe in the past, but that was when he was really going through it. As of recent, everything that has come out of his mouth has been nothing but respect for Chloe and the family. And I can appreciate that so much. Again, I still don't think that respecting Chloe and respecting the relationship you had needs to translate to commenting hottie on her photo. No. And also, I don't know if this is happening for you or anybody listening, but for me, I wish this wasn't the case, but it is. I can't kind of separate the way that I think of Lamar now from how I know he's been doing some of these like cloudy type things. For example, you know, boxing Aaron Carter and stuff like that. And so if that didn't exist, I maybe would have a different view on this comment. Whereas to me, he knows exactly what he's doing because getting more media attention has actually benefited him, you know? Right. And there's a lot of things that Lamar does where, for example, boxing Aaron Carter, like I, I totally understand that. Like you have to maintain some amount of relevancy to maintain your career to an extent, especially when you're retired. Like I can understand the desire to want to keep your name present. Again, do it separate and apart from Chloe. Yeah, that's, that's how I feel. Should we do a really brief just overview kind of timeline just to kind of top this all off? I would absolutely love to. I kind of would too. I know we had it in here. We weren't sure if we were going to do it. But I feel like now that you guys have that common exchange for context, you know this, but just so you can map it out in your mind. They got married in 2009. We just did the wedding special. It was after a month of dating. It was this very whirlwind romance. 2010 to 2011 is when they had their spinoff. And for the first few years, there are things were really good. I would say from 09 to 2012, people really thought that they were in it for the long haul. I think we all did. 2013 is when he gets the DUI. And later that year is when she files for divorce after there had been rumors of separation. We didn't know much, but we had kind of heard that they were separated. And that's when she filed for divorce. The divorce was still going on two years later when he was hospitalized. That's when he was found unconscious at the legal brothel in Vegas. He's airlifted to LA. It's a whole thing. That's when she pulls out of the divorce so that she can continue to make his medical decisions. And it wasn't until 2016 when she filed for divorce again. And then end of 2016 in December is when the divorce was finalized. So it was like a seven-year back and forth that the public was very, very tuned into and very kind of involved in, in terms of we were being made aware of what was going on. Oh, absolutely. Yes. So then August of 2016, before the divorce is even finalized, that's when the Tristan and Chloe dating rumors sparked. So yes, at this point, Chloe and Lamar hadn't been together in a while, but technically they were still married. Obviously they had just been through this very intimate thing together while platonic. She basically helped to almost save his life. It was September of 2016 when her and Tristan vacation in Mexico were all wondering. Everybody thinks it's happening. She confirms their relationship November 2016 when she was on Jimmy Kimmel. And it was in September 2017 when there's starting speculation about her being pregnant. She confirms the pregnancy later 2017. And this is all happening within the first year of them dating. And then it was in April 2018 when the footage is released of him cheating on her in New York. So- before Jordan, before any of that stuff, from late 2016 to mid 2018, we have speculation, confirmation, pregnancy, and then the footage. So 
just to our point earlier, we never even got the chance to know Tristan or to develop a liking towards him in the way that we did with Lamar because they had an entire show dedicated to them. Here, two years in, we already get footage of his cheating. Like it was never going to be a leveled playing field. No, it wasn't. And the Lamar relationship was just different. Like I think that even again, like we were saying before on Tristan's best day, you were still kind of looking at the Lamar situation and being like, it's so unfortunate because that was her soulmate. So mm-hmm. that's part of the reason that the Tristan thing never really held a, held a candle to Lamar. And I have to say in the beginning of Chloe and Tristan's relationship and kind of up until the cheating thing, it's not that I necessarily felt like they were soulmates in the way that I felt Chloe and Lamar were soulmates, but the way I felt was like, it seemed like Tristan was kind of righting a wrong. Like it seemed like Tristan was finally the really good guy that Chloe had in her life. And it seemed like once you got to know him, like we were going to continue to progress with this relationship they have and grow with them and really like him because he is an incredibly likable guy. And we've spoken about this, even in the time period of watching him on Kardashians after the knowledge of the cheating scandal, after the knowledge of Jordan, there was something that was so incredibly likable about him that even you and I were like, I don't know, I kind of see past it. I understand what's happening here. So it's not to say that we never trusted Tristan or we never liked Tristan or we never anything. It was just we always had in the back of our mind, like Chloe and Lamar were soulmates. Totally. Yeah. And the way that we got to know them was just different. She was also at such a different time in her life. We talk about that a lot. Chloe's personality and kind of just the way she interacted with the world was so different. So of course, the way she was going to interact with the partner was going to be so different. It was kind of, I don't want to say before the media ruined her, because I don't think that she's ruined, but before the real influx of some of the harshness that she's received recently. So it was a different version of Chloe, but you're right. I mean, Tristan is a charismatic guy. He also happens to be unbelievably attractive. I know not everybody thinks so. Every time I say that, we get some people being like, what are you talking about? I can't help it. Knowing everything, I still think he's like one of the hottest guys I've ever seen. I know you do also. Oh, I 100% do. Yeah. But okay, so we have all of that. It's 2018. That exact same month, I mean, literally the footage comes out. Yeah, it was from a little bit before. The footage comes out April 11th, April 12th, Chloe gives birth. A month or so later, it's confirmed that they're back together. It was February of the next year that Jordan Gate happened. So again, just as we're maybe starting to warm up back to Tristan, he comes in again to the point where it was kind of, I think, too far to even remotely repair in terms of public perception. But it was August of 2020 when Scott had made the comment that Julie was referencing earlier when he commented on Chloe's photo saying, Tristan is a lucky man. At this point, as we saw on the show, she wasn't really sure exactly where they stood or where she wanted to say where they stood publicly and also with him. And so there was definitely that gray area. But now we're in July of 2021, and apparently they're broken up after she could no longer trust him. But as I relive that time frame, I just realized there was just never that connection, and it wasn't going to go the same way. And I guess I say all of that to say, Tristan is uh, barking up the wrong tree if he thinks there's any sort of sympathy that's going to come from the public. No, no sympathy. Now, what do you? I, I wonder if Chris specifically, because she felt such a deep connection to Lamar, if she felt betrayed by Tristan's comment. I don't know if the word is necessarily betrayal, but I can't imagine that she was happy on any level about it. Yeah. It's just beneath them. I mean, this is like reality television stuff. This is what we see from Too Hot to Handle contestants on TikTok. 
That's exactly what I'm saying. Like, no matter what you think of the Kardashians, you could think they're the trashiest family in the entire world. And I've definitely heard people bring that up. If you watch their social media behavior and the way they interact online, this is just factually so far below them. It's not even funny. Imagine if Andy's special was filmed like a month later. I wish every month there was an Andy special. That's honestly what we need in the absence of a show. Yeah, every single month they should just sit down and and have to go over everything that happened that month. I think that's my dream. I still have more things with the Andy special. I feel like it was incomplete. I loved it. I loved every second of it. How Courtney got away with not explaining how Travis started is just beyond me. And I need to sit them down and reshoot because I just have more things to go over, including this most recent thing. No, that is fucking criminal. The fact that we didn't get a broken down timeline. And also the Scott Courtney stuff was glazed over too quickly in terms of when Andy asked him, like, you know, how do you feel about her dating other men? And he said he was fine. And then under his breath made a comment, like, I just want to kill them all. I wanted us to expand on that moment. And if you remember, it was Kylie's laughter that kind of broke us away from the intensity of some of those conversations. I can't believe how many family-related death threats we're dealing with. So many. One family, so many. A lot of death threats for a family. I know. (laughs) Anyway, that was some shit. Let us take a break. We'll come back with Megan Fox, Drake, a lot of other good stuff. But we just had to get that out because, wow. Okay. So one thing about me, I'm going to get my food delivered. It kind of just falls under the general umbrella of convenience, which as we know, is a core principle of my life. And I've been a DoorDash user for a while now, as I'm sure many of you are, but I specifically want to talk to you about DashPass because it's kind of really the way you get the most from delivery, which as a side note, if you use code CBC24, you can get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. But let's zoom in for a second on what DashPass is. Basically, it's the most affordable way to get anything in your area delivered to your door. So it's helping you save money and time with every DoorDash order. And number one, $0 delivery fees and lower service fees on eligible orders. So it makes it really easy to save on groceries, retail items, restaurants, all of your local favorites that deliver on DoorDash. And then this is the thing that really sold me. DashPass pays for itself on average in two orders. So it makes delivery even more worth it. Plus, DashPass gives you special access to exclusive promotions, member-only menu items, all for only $9.99 a month. Get more from delivery for less. Sign up for DashPass today only on DoorDash. Use code CBC24 and get 50% off up to a $10 value when you spend $12 or more after signing up for DashPass. Subject to change, term supply. Is what I'm about to say breaking news? No. However, if Drake is going to rent out Dodger Stadium to take a woman on a date who he met at her son's basketball game, and it just so happens to be captured by ABC7's Chopper by a reporter with the name of Chris Christie, of course we're going to talk about it, no? I have to be so honest with you in saying that Drake could have been on a date at a Cracker Barrel. Or Drake could have been on any date at Craig's and I still would have talked about it, let alone him being caught from a helicopter at a rented out Dodger Stadium. The fact that this originated from a tweet from the reporter Chris Christie at Drake on a date randomly just flew over this cozy couple enjoying a private dinner along the third baseline at an empty Dodger Stadium from hashtag Air7HD at ABC7 hashtag Drizzy. Like, what? 
<laughs> it almost seems too illogical to be true, but I know it is because if Drake was going to pay somebody to release photos of this date, it would have been TMZ. Like if TMZ had been had released a tweet saying randomly flew over and saw this, I'd been like, okay, we're all full of shit here. But for a random Channel 7 chopper to be flying over, imagine that. Imagine you're flying over and you're like, oh, this is so weird. There's a date happening at Dodger Stadium and you get closer and you see it and it's Drake. I'm sorry, <laughs> what? What? That's what I'm saying. This is so bizarre, the way that this originated. No, listen, I mean, we know for a fact he did not pay for this to happen or set this up in terms of it being covered in this way. But the only more proof that we needed of that is like, I wouldn't say these were the most flattering pictures in the sense of like, obviously it was a very baller gesture, which we now know because the guy from the Dodgers said it was as a thank you for a very sizable donation that he had made to one of their organizations. But he looked kind of caught off guard, right? Like he didn't look like he was ready for this to happen. The way I feel about this situation is that he was definitely caught off guard by the presence of a chopper, but not upset about it being there. <laughs> He's got a reputation to uphold. He has an album coming out called Certified Lover Boy. I think there is nothing that would make Drake happier than the entire world knowing that when he does a date, he does a date. Yeah, but we knew that. The second we saw the Birkin closet where the Birkins are basically on ice for his next wife, I know we'd bring up that Birkin closet somehow every episode. We knew. Listen, I loved watching it. I would love to see more of these extravagant dates that he does. I would love a whole book of them. But I don't think anybody was surprised. Were you? No, I wasn't surprised. I was, I, like delightfully surprised. I didn't expect to open my phone to see that a Channel 7 chopper had caught them on a date. I wasn't surprised that that is the extent that Drake would go for a date. But I can't say that I woke up in the morning expecting it. <laughs> no, I didn't either. Neither did Chris Christie. But this is so funny. If you have been following this kind of from TikTok, I think you appreciated this even more because a few weeks ago, Drake goes with Michael B. Jordan to the Sierra Canyon basketball game. That's the high school that LeBron James's son, Bronny, goes to. And it's a thing that he goes, he goes to LeBron, he cheers on Bronny. That's not at all out of character for him to do. He just so happened to bring Michael B. Jordan a few weeks ago. And Amari Bailey, who is a player on the team, he's committed to UCLA, his mom was sitting right next to them. And there were all of these videos of Drake and Michael B. Jordan walking in and seeing her. And she's obviously this very attractive woman. And the tweets went wild. The tweets, the TikToks, it was a whole thing. So for this seed to be planted, when nobody actually knew what was going on, obviously people were making speculations. And some of it wasn't even rooted in any real knowledge. It was kind of just of course, what do you expect? This is going to happen with Drake. So then for it to actually come to fruition in this way, if you had been following the saga from TikTok, it was too good to be true. You know what's actually funny is that I've heard a lot of stories about like kids going to these games as if it's like a professional game. Because also you have to remember that like Bronny's on this team because they basically breed basketball players. Like it's a funnel to like college and the NBA. So this isn't just like Bronny's high school basketball team. This is like a basketball team of stars. And one of the reports about this situation with Drake is not just that Drake is dating his this kid's mom. It's that Drake is also now trying to mentor him and teach him about fame and help him with, you know, navigating this next chapter of his life and giving him pointers. And basically, basically Drake is seeking him out 
before he makes it to the NBA because, you know, Drake is with sports. And that's what's so funny is that it's so layered here. It's so layered. That's what I'm saying. That's why you have to have been following this from the beginning to really understand this is not some random person. This is the mother of this guy who's not only teammates with Bronny, but who also happens to have a very fruitful NBA career most likely ahead of him. (laughs) It's just too much. It's too good. I love this shit. I live for this shit. Yeah, we specifically, this was one where it was a real highlight for us. I thoroughly enjoyed this story and I cannot wait to see what else comes of it because I have a feeling that this Dodgers date is not is not going to be the end of it. I think that we are going to continue to see this unfold. Yeah, I do too. And you know that we will be here to talk about it. Ain't that the truth? I don't know about you guys, but I am one of those people where every year on Daylight Savings, having that extra hour of light in the evening just like completely transforms my mood. I feel like I am not me when it gets dark at 4 p.m. And obviously the flip side of that is that first morning after springing forward can be rough. So I want to tell you about something that can make it so much easier, so much more enjoyable. It's called Hatch. And Hatch can help you choose sleep, prioritize healthy habits, and then also make the time change transition seamless and enjoyable. So the Hatch Restore helps you build sleep habits that make your unwind and wake routines simple and enjoyable. So a phone-free bedtime, no matter what time of year it is, which again, is really a habit I'm trying to change this year, and this has very much helped it. And then with the Hatch Plus subscription, you can access the latest routine-building features like Cue to Unwind, which signals you that it's time for bed, and Pillow Talk, which is kind of like your favorite shows or socials without the screen to keep you up. For me, that's like such a wonderful feature because it helps me unwind, but not in a way that feels unnatural. It's kind of like the benefit I get from scrolling my phone without scrolling my phone. And then waking up in the morning is just so much more peaceful. Like I don't think it's good to wake up to that jarring alarm sound. So to have kind of an easy wake up, I've just really enjoyed my morning so much more. Right now, Hatch is offering our listeners $20 off your purchase of the Hatch Restore and free shipping at hatch.co slash CBC. Visit hatch.co slash CBC to get $20 off and free shipping. Hatch.co slash CBC. Okay, this next story also originated from an Instagram comment. I know you all saw this when we posted it, but let's just get into it because a few days ago, Brian Austin Green posted a photo of him dating his girlfriend, Sharna Burgess, with the caption, it's been a really long time since I've been with someone I can truly share life with. She comments, there's no one else I could ever imagine sharing it with. I love you. And a few minutes later, Megan Fox comments, grateful for Sharna with a heart. So we see this. First of all, Megan Fox is relatively inactive as it applies to the comment section. And the last time we've seen her and Brian Austin Green interact, it was not a good situation at all, which I'll get into in a second. So we post it immediately with the caption, love to see it. And I personally, honestly, didn't anticipate this response. I now realize how naive of an outlook it was, but everybody thought it was shade. They thought both his caption was shade and then also her comment was shade. So I think after we posted it, we had this moment of like, Did we read the situation truly wrong? And then Brian posted on his Instagram story saying, for people that need or want clarification, Megan and I get along great. Neither of us are sending petty digs to each other. We both work really hard to get along and co-parent well for our kids. Now stay safe and spread kindness and love. So basically what we found out from that one interaction is that since November, 2020, which is less than a year ago when she was commenting that shit on his photo, which we'll get into in a second, things seem to be very good. Well, I actually 
and I don't even know if I said this to you, but I had that initial reaction of, I wonder if this is shady because his caption of it's been a really long time is a strange thing to say when your breakup didn't actually happen that long ago. Yes, I just felt like if it was shady, she wouldn't have commented. And I also feel like she's so happy right now and seemingly so in love and kind of like in this blissful state that she wasn't going to even engage in that type of negativity. Like it was one thing as it applied to the kids, but I feel like in the point that she's in now, it's not that I would have necessarily put it past him, but I just don't think that would have been her move. I don't know. I mean, I guess up until this point, the only comments that we had seen or the only comment we had seen was her kind of lashing out or being upset with him in his comment section. So again, that one was a very straightforward thing. There was no area for speculation in terms of, did she mean this like that? It was a long response to something he did or she felt he did. This one obviously would have been backhanded and petty if that was the case. And no, I didn't think that that was like her to do. But up until this point, we had no idea what the status of their relationship was. So for it to have been petty, I don't think it would have been out of the question. It definitely wouldn't have in terms of his caption, because let me take you back to August 2020, which is almost a year ago now. She posted a mirror photo of her and MGK with the caption, achingly beautiful boy, my heart is yours. Brian then posted a photo of his four children with the caption, achingly beautiful boys, dot, 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 my heart is yours, which clearly was direct shade. And I mean, that went beyond viral. And then the other one that Julie's referring to was in November of last year when he posted a photo of himself on Halloween. You can see one of his sons kind of in the background. And she left this long comment basically saying, why does Journey have to be in the picture? It's not hard to crop them out or choose photos they aren't in. I had a great Halloween with them yesterday, and yet notice how absent they are from my social media. I know you love your kids, but I don't know why you can't stop using them to posture via Instagram. You're so intoxicated with feeding the pervasive narrative that I'm an absent mother, and you are the perennial, eternally dedicated dad of the year. You have them half of the time. Congratulations, you truly are a remarkable human. Why do you need the internet to echo back to you what should be inexhaustibly evident in the way your children love you? God, I forgot the intensity of that comment until I just read it. Right. It still doesn't change my stance though. I still, it changes my stance in the sense of the earlier one I read of like, yeah, you're right. His caption could have been shady. I just don't think where she is in her life right now that she would engage like that. But listen, everybody else thought so. So you weren't alone. I was definitely the minority. No, I mean, and I guess that wasn't the case. Although I do find her comment funny to an extent because it's almost like grateful that I don't have to feel guilty. (laughs) Right. Grateful that I don't have to feel guilty that I can be not the only one doing PDA. And then also on some level, I guess her gratitude lies in the fact that she feels Sharna is a positive influence on him, which is a great thing, but there can be shade extracted from that. Right. All in all, I think the fact that this comment took place was a, it was It was a very important indicator of where the relationship is, whether it was shady or not. Now that we know that it wasn't shady, we know that they're on very good terms, which is great to see. If it had been shady, we would have known that their relationship hadn't improved from the last comment. So it was like, there was a lot of answers we got from this, especially with his Instagram story that clarified the fact that it was not shady. Right, that's what I'm saying. Bottom line is that we just got answers because you do have to wonder where their relationship stands when MGK and Megan have been in the press so much. I mean, they are right up there with Courtney and Travis in terms of like just the level 
of kind of entrancement that the public has with them and how they are deemed one of the hottest couples currently. So I did wonder how he not was dealing with that, but if that impacted their relationship at all, there's just so many questions. So you're right. It was kind of great confirmation as to where they are. Cause I do think people are curious about that. Right. Exactly. You want to take one minute to talk about the InStyle article? You know what? I would love to. I know we had it in here. We weren't sure if we were going to touch on it, but it just feels fitting. I think so too. So there was this article in InStyle from July 7th. It was by Alyssa Hardy titled, Megan Fox is no longer hiding. Subtext, a new young audience is eager to get to know the actress. And after a decade of being righteously misunderstood, she's finally ready to let them. We put in just two paragraphs and one other line. It's definitely worth reading. I'll put the link in the description, but this was the part that I think is the most worth touching on. Again, this is taken from the middle of the article, but Alyssa writes, before she arrived, I was preparing for her to be somewhat reserved, especially given her sordid past with the media. The reemergence she is experiencing is in part due to the revisionist history that we saw take over the internet in 2020. Many people who were very online for months on end began to reacquaint themselves with a thorny and particularly gross period of young female stardom that emerged in the late 90s and early 2000s. The consensus was that most of us not only condoned the invasive behavior of the media because of some voyeuristic desire to watch another person fail, but we also participated in treating young female celebrities like they were circus acts. Although people like Britney Spears, Paris Hilton, and Lindsay Lohan get the most frequent citations when we think about the invasive paparazzi mania, the salacious headlines, and the often sexist interviews, Fox was there too, and it changed the course of her life. Quote, it's a little bit like being a phoenix, like being resurrected from the ashes, she tells me as we sit down together in the dimly lit hair and makeup room. Quote, I was brought out and stoned and murdered at one point, she says, referring to the last decade of her career. Quote, and then suddenly everybody's like, wait a second, we shouldn't have done that. Let's bring her back. She went on to say that she was never looking for validation from anyone because she knew she had been wronged. Having what happened to her career be rehashed in a way that is sympathetic is simply helping her to let go of the way she was treated after she spoke about her experiences in the early 2000s. Which I just wanted to bring that up because that's something that you and I talk about a lot, how now we're definitely re-examining the way the media was at those times. And I think we're all kind of having this aha moment. But I just liked hearing her talk about it because it's one thing to put words in someone's mouth as to how you think they may kind of interpret or process this time. So I liked hearing it directly from her. Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially with her because her treatment also was a little bit different than the others. So it's, I mean, it's the same, you know, level of misogyny and sexism that she had to experience, but it was definitely a little bit differently received in terms of like extreme paparazzi obsession and stalking like Britney and Paris and Lindsay Lohan definitely got a different side of the industry than she did. But again, it's the same undertone. So it's interesting to hear that from Megan's perspective, because I also feel like a lot of the times when we hear about it, it's almost, quote, too late. For example, like we're dealing with the aftermath of Britney and trying to kind of rectify a wrong. So it's interesting from Megan's perspective to say, like, I left. I felt like I was forced out. And now I'm able to come back in a different era and to see the way that that time off really impacts and can help somebody. Yeah. And in a way it's, I don't want to say like she has the last laugh because I don't know if that's accurate. And I feel like that almost kind of undermines or lessens what she did go through. But I have to imagine that what she's experiencing now 
does feel good because like she said, she always knew that she was wronged. So she didn't need anybody to tell her. However, she wasn't seeking the validation, but she did get it. And so I guess I just wanted to bring it up because I feel like recently we talk about Megan Fox a lot as it applies to her relationship with MGK. And you could say the same thing about him. We talk about him a lot as it applies to his relationship with her. And there's definitely something about them as a couple that's captivating. But in all of that, I just don't want us to forget her as her own entity, as a woman, as a mother, as a person who really went through with the media and just how she's come out kind of on the other side. And anytime that there's an article that highlights that, I just want to mention it. Oh, absolutely. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is so minor, but we just wanted to mention it. I don't know if you guys saw, but in the new Gossip Girl, there's this moment where they're talking about scandal and kind of the effect that that can have on fame. And one of the characters makes a comment saying, well, look at Olivia Jade. She gained followers when her mom went to jail. And Julie and I actually were at the Gossip Girl premiere, which is like a really cool experience in and of itself. And when that line came on, we turned to each other of like, holy shit, just because we love when any sort of pop culture references are inserted into shows. But we were wondering if Olivia Jade would respond to that or comment on it. And she made a TikTok, which the last time I checked, she had turned off the comments where it was just that scene playing in the background. And she just made her caption, no, I didn't. Again, so minor, but I just feel like worth mentioning. I think it's always interesting when people respond to their references. Totally. And I don't know if I expected her to. I didn't. In a weird way, obviously the situation is not even remotely flattering, but I guess it must be kind of cool to be referenced in that way on such a big deal television show, you know? Right. I was thinking that too, because even if you're not happy with the reference, it's still... There's something about being referenced as a point of pop culture that has to carry some weight for you in terms of hearing your name pop up in that capacity that must be cool. Although I guess because she's grown up in this lifestyle as well, it's not the craziest thing that would ever happen to her. But for her to be referenced, I still think has to carry something. Right. Also because Gossip Girl is such an iconic television show and obviously there was so much hype around this reboot. Right. Yeah. I don't know. Nothing crazy. Just just worth mentioning. I'm sure you guys caught that as well. But it was the kind of thing where the second I heard that line, we turned to each other. And then the second I saw that TikTok, we sent it to each other. And we kind of just had a reaction like, hmm, this is interesting. So just checking in if anyone else thought so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in terms of the Kardashian recap, you guys may have seen this, but Kylie is doing a three-part series on YouTube called Inside Kylie Cosmetics. She just released part one. It's less than nine minutes. We'll put the link in the description. It's definitely worth watching if you care about this stuff, but it's kind of on the heels of this relaunch that Kylie Cosmetics is doing on July 15th. So it's all clean vegan products. And you saw they kind of did a full site rebrand. They wiped the social media clean. So this is definitely around that to kind of build hype. I loved it. I'm not saying we found out anything we didn't know, but to for them now, 
given the success it has had to take us back to what it was like in 2015 when they thought the site crashed because they couldn't believe that you know 15,000 units were sold out and just how her insecurity about her lips kind of sparked all of this. I loved watching it. Let me tell you something. I am a sucker for a documentary. When she got to the part where they're saying that they had 15,000 units and they thought the the site crashed and it was really that they had sold out in one minute, I was like, oh my God, I have chills all over my body. Like, I know all of this. I've watched Kylie Cosmetics from the beginning. I understand every step of what happened here. I don't know why I'm having a visceral reaction to Kylie retelling the story. Like, I know how it ends. She's a billionaire. At Julie, I felt the exact same way, even though we watched live that Instagram story that they showed of her and Chris. But also, let's keep in mind, not only is it a documentary about this shit, which we could watch anything about their business, it starts out with Stormy. Like, are you kidding? No. Stormy coming in and stealing pink Starburst, I could watch 10 hours of footage of that. What are we going to do when she has another kid? I want her to so badly. There's a part of me that thinks she's going to, like, kind of soon. So does the internet. Yeah. Not saying, like, I'm not saying that she's pregnant or anything like that, but I just feel like she loved when Stormy was little, and I feel like she wants that again. Hot take. I could see a, re- like, um, a part two of the triplets in the sense that I could see Chloe, Kylie, and Courtney all being pregnant at the same time. Well, that really bears the question. Do you think, just very top level, do you honestly think that Courtney and Travis would, in an ideal world, want to have a child together? I do think. I don't know if they will, but I do think it has to at least be a conversation. So interesting. I can't decide where I land on that. I can't say for sure that they'll go through with it. I can't say that they would do it and not get married. I can't say that they're definitely going to get married. Like there's a lot of things that I can't say, but thinking about the mother Courtney is and thinking about the father that Travis is, I don't think it would be out of the question for them to want to do that together. You know that the responses we're going to get to this are people saying, what if the third was Kendall? Meaning what if Kendall and Kylie had a kid around the same time? Um, See, that's less likely for me. I think Kendall wants to wait a little bit longer. I think she has baby fever in, in the way that we all have baby fever, but she also, I think, is young and, and happy with not having kids right now. Yeah. No, I think so too. That's not the that's not where my mind immediately goes, but I just know that we're going to get jams of people saying that as, a, as another theory, which is who knows? Kendall dating like the basketball player is so hot, don't you think? It finally just feels so right, doesn't it? Yeah, because I obviously, as somebody who doesn't pay close attention and neither do you, like I knew I knew who Devin Booker was, obviously. It wasn't like he was some no-name basketball player that was like, what's she doing with this guy? Like I knew he was a very big deal. But now that it's like Devin Booker, I'm like, yeah, that feels so fucking right for her. And it feels so good that she was there first, you know? Yeah, I'm just I I happen to really like them together. We see so little, but everything we do see, I think, is very sweet. And the way she supports him and his career and his basketball games and posting, you know, at the games and her dog in his jersey, like it's just very sweet to me. No, I'm into them. I I, I completely agree. I wish we had more, but also there's a part of me that like thinks one of the reasons we like it so much is because every glimpse feels so special. So I get it. Totally. Also, two other things, just going off of the cosmetic situation, 
as you guys know, KKW is rebranding. I know there's a lot of speculation about her dropping the W. I don't know if that will happen or won't happen, but that's definitely not the reason for the rebrand by any means. I just think a lot of it is formulaic as it was with Kylie because they're kind of relaunching things internally. And what was interesting is that my initial thought was the KKW thing, but then she signed the note in the Instagram story, Kim Kardashian West. Well, still, she hasn't changed her legal name. She still technically is Kim Kardashian West. I I do wonder that. And people, when they address her, cut off the West now, though. Like, if if you see she ever posts an Instagram story of of a box opening or a gift she's received, it says to Kim Kardashian, not to Kim Kardashian West anymore. I Who knows how legit this is, but a source said, quote, the rebrand has been in the works for some time. Kanye actually helped Kim come up with a new name and the packaging. Innovative formulas and even the shopping experience of being able to shop all categories in beauty and cosmetics under one brand, one website has always been Kim's vision from the beginning. She's incredibly excited about this next phase. Just interesting. Very. And then lastly, (laughs) Courtney and Travis at this motherfucking UFC fight. I hot, hot. I'll say it hot. Can I ask you something? Okay. If, if we weren't us and we didn't follow the Kardashians in the way that we do, and we didn't know the whole history and we weren't so happy for Courtney and Travis, do you think we would be turned off by that clip of them? That's going viral of them basically making out when the camera came their way. Well, not making out. It's more like pressing their tongues together. Um, I think that if we were other people, like, I think, let me rephrase. What you're asking is if we didn't care about the Kardashians, but we were still us, would we be turned off by that? Mm -hmm. I think it all depends on the couple because there are some couples where I'm like, you guys are so hot that you could pull that off. And then there are other couples where I would be completely repulsed by them doing it. I don't think it's about us and the Kardashians. I just think it's about the energy that each couple has. I don't know if I can say that as confidently as you, because one would think that, I guess, you know, you can't say energy is objective. I don't know. I, I don't know. Well, if I the think, camera panned to Megan Fox and MGK doing that. We would be into it, you're saying. Right. And that has right. nothing to do with the Kardashians. That has to do with them having extreme sexual energy with each other. Yeah, but other people that think that. Courtney and Travis do have a lot of sexual energy, but for whatever reason, do not like them as a couple. Maybe they're people that were diehard Blink-182 fans and you know view the Kardashians as really trashy and feel like it's a downgrade for Travis since that population of people does exist. Like They probably have a different stance. I don't know. I guess I'm just craving objectivity and I don't think that I can have it, which is fine. I guess sometimes it's better to just acknowledge that you can't. Right. But I also think that if you're somebody who... like. And and maybe that specific thing, you can say like, okay, I, was, I wasn't into that. Like maybe you thought that the tongue press was a little much, but the other things they're doing, like you can objectively say is like very hot. I think that you either are somebody who is able to look at situations like that or you're not. You either think it's hot or you're like turned off in every scenario by that. I don't think it's Kardashian specific. I think you either enjoy that level of PDA or can understand and appreciate it, or you're completely turned off by it and you think that people should keep their private lives more private. I haven't formed an opinion yet, so I'm going to withhold from saying one, but I think that that's a good good one that has, has my gears turning. 
Anything else you want to mention? Nope, that's it, kid. Nothing about anything? Nothing about anything. Okay, well, we love you guys so much. We'll see you later this week for Kardashians. Isabel and I will see you later this week for Bravo. And uh, what a week on Instagram. Wow, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for listening. What a week. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and not a yada yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.